You're listening to SermonCast, the online preaching ministry of Hope Hull United Methodist Church. Be sure to visit us at hopehullumc.org sermons, where you can subscribe to future episodes of SermonCast and browse our archive of past messages. Thanks for tuning in. Take a moment to remember time in your life when you experienced significant pain. It might have been physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual. Perhaps you remember a time when you felt betrayed, misunderstood, disregarded. Maybe it was a broken relationship, a lost loved one, spouse, parent. Perhaps a child. And perhaps in that time, you felt the impulse to pray. But even with that impulse and that sense of, this is what we do in times like this, the pain was so deep that it clouded out any words. So deep, you just didn't know where to start. How do you even begin to pray when you hurt like that? The Apostle Paul was no stranger to pain. You read his letters, it shows up page after page. In one letter, he wrote of the affliction we experienced in Asia. He said we were so utterly, unbearably crushed that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received The sentence of death, that's deep pain. But the Apostle Paul found another deep reality in the midst of his seemingly unbearable pain. He found in the midst of that pain that he was not alone. He found that the one who was present with him, who was there to care for him, to comfort him, to strengthen him, indeed to pray for him when he did not know how to pray, was none other than God's own Holy Spirit, present in that place of pain. And I think if we were to come to Paul and share our stories of suffering, of deep pain with him, I think he would be sympathetic. I think that would resonate with him. I think he would identify with us. But I think he would also want us to understand and embrace the central reality that the Holy Spirit prays in the place of your pain. When we're weak, when we know we ought to be in prayer, when we know we ought to be engaged in that way, but we're, we just, all we can do is groan, <laughs> that's where the Spirit shows up. To help us in our weaknesses. To care and minister for us in that way. When we don't have what it takes The Spirit graciously works on our behalf. That is Paul's central point in Romans 8, 18-27. What sort of pain does he have in mind? Paul's thinking on multiple levels here, isn't he? 
talks about the groaning of all creation. He talks about creation in bondage to decay. He talks about futility. And right in the middle of that, he locates the people of God. He says all creation is groaning in labor pains until now. And not just creation, we ourselves, we're right there in the middle of it. We feel the bondage to decay. We feel the, the pain of the world. We feel those things and we experience it in our own lives, in the brokenness that impacts all of us. Whether it's children who are making poor decisions, or co-workers who treat us unfairly, or a time where maybe we're just not as confident as we used to be in our own faith. We feel the struggle and we feel the pain and our hearts and our souls We just don't even know how to pray in situations like that. And Paul says we're groaning. And maybe you've been in a in a moment where you've thought, I just I'm struggling here, and I just I don't even have words to describe it. I don't even know what to say. And all I can do is groan. Not only all creation, but we ourselves. People have the first fruit of the Spirit. The people who have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of them groan inwardly while we wait for our adoption. Verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And how are we weak, Paul? Well, we're weak because... We know we ought to be praying, but we have no idea where to even start. All we can do is groan. But the Spirit, he says, intercedes. Now, a lot of times when we talk about, think about intercession, we think about how maybe Jesus intercedes for us, and we think about his role as an intercessor. Of you've got God the Father, and you've got us, and Jesus is that intermediary. You're kind of saying, Father, I died for them. I've offered forgiveness to them. And he's, he brings us together. I think... Paul is working with a different idea of intercession here. He's not saying that the Holy Spirit stands between us and God, interceding for on our behalf to the Father. He's saying the Holy Spirit indwells in us and is praying for us when we don't know how to pray. It's like, Spirit of God, here I am, and I've just witnessed this tragedy, and I don't know what to say, and, you know, storms have ripped through my hometown, or my neighbor's marriage is falling apart, and my heart is broken, and I I have no idea where to even start, and the Holy Spirit shows up and says, I'll pray when you don't know how to pray. The place where you're in pain, the place where it hurts, that's where I'll be. You can count on it. You can trust that. The Spirit prays in the place of our pain. He comes from within us, and that's why this I mean, all through Romans 8, Paul talks about the Spirit who dwells within you. The Spirit who dwells within you. The Spirit who raised Jesus is the same Spirit who dwells within you. And He's at work there to care for you. And, and when you are weak, and this is, this is who the Holy Spirit is. Right? There's a lot of mystery when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And we struggle to know what's going on here. But when the rubber meets the road, when things are tough... When we are in pain so that we don't even know where to start, this is who the Spirit is. He comes from within us to help us in our weakness to pray on our behalf. 
to do the work we ought to be doing but don't know how to start. I don't know how to pray for my neighbors. And the Spirit says, that's okay, you just groan. And in the groaning, I will pray on your behalf. What a God. What a spectacularly engaged and involved God. (laughs) This is the God who speaks. Let there be light. Sun, moon, stars, land, trees, creepy crawlies, galaxies. We were uh, on vacation. Michigan uh, earlier this summer, a month or so ago. And uh, before we went, I didn't even realize that there are places they call dark sites. You ever been to a dark site? I'm not talking about the kind of thing the CIA has. I think that's a black site, right? A dark site is a place where um, it's far enough away from a major city that you can actually see more of like the galaxy with the naked eye than you typically can see. Um, pull up a map on the internet and see where the dark sites are. Well, there's some in northern Michigan. And so uh, one night we kept the kids up way too late and we went out to this uh, planetarium kind of deal and they had uh, a gathering, set up a telescope. We actually got to see the rings of Saturn through the telescope. It was unbelievable. Things I've only seen in like textbooks we got to look at. And as we're sitting there and everything's getting dark and people have like red flashlights, it's that kind of thing, right? And I think this trip was the first time I've ever seen the Milky Way. Kind of hazy glow just right down the middle of the sky. Planets and stars, more more stars than I could ever imagine. There's this one, this chief astronomer. He's got this crazy powerful laser pointer and he's like shooting it around and he's tracing constellations and I'm just laying there in the grass and the kids are falling asleep and it's absolutely amazed by the mat the the heavens declare the glory of God the God who powerful to do that is the same God who says when your heart is broken I will be there to do what you're unable to do. When you can't speak, when all you can do is moan, I will pray for you. On your behalf. In your, in your place, I will pray for you. It's almost like the Spirit is saying, look, it's not really your job to do the praying. It's your job to feel the pain. It's your job to show up in that place and just, and maybe you've been in this situation. You know, somebody has just experienced a great tragedy and you show up and you're just like, I have no idea what to say right now. And being a preacher doesn't help. I don't know what to say in situations like that either. And all you do is just go up and give somebody a big hug and I love you and my heart is broken. And I think maybe that's what Paul wants us to realize is like, we think it's our job to come up with some brilliant thing to say, and we usually say something that's just, we probably shouldn't have said. 
We think it's our job to come up with this brilliant thing to say, and the God who created the Milky Way is saying, look, you just show up and weep with them, and I'll do the praying. I will work, and I will care, and I will comfort, and just show up and feel their pain, and be with them, and sympathize, and experience the compassion. And you can count on me, the Holy Spirit says, to pray in the place of that pain. I will be there in the cancer treatments. I'll be there when you're taking care of your parents on hospice. I'll be there when your kids don't come home when they're supposed to. A lot of times in church, we kind of do the happy, the happy feely thingy. (laughs) That's a technical term. Happy feely thingy. Uh, And that's, I mean, we, grace is a good thing to be celebrated. But with texts like these, we need to remember it's also our vocation. Not to run from the pain of the world, but to go looking for it. Find it. Move in. And weep with those who weep. And let the Spirit, and, and listen, how does the Spirit get to those places? In you. And for Paul, the Holy Spirit shows up in the place of the world's pain because you show up in that place. It's the Spirit that dwells in us. So when we go to the friendship mission, or to a prison, or to an orphanage, to a place where people's lives are broken, our own homes sometimes. God shows up because the Spirit of God dwells in His people. There the Spirit prays. And that's hard, but how comforting it is to me, and I hope it is to you, to know (laughs) it hurts, but I'm not alone. God is here. And he's not here to scoff. He's not here to cross his arms and say, tough for you. He's here to intercede, pray, and comfort, and care. Spirit prays in the places of our pain. Now you need to understand, and this is a common misconception with this text, Paul talks about these sighs too deep, the Spirit prays with sighs too deep for words. Paul's not talking about speaking in tongues. Talk about that a little bit with the gifts of the Spirit. He's got a term for that. This is a different thing. You hear somebody speaking in tongues, at least you may not have any idea what's being said, but there's articulation happening. Size too deep for words, we're not talking articulation here. We're talking this deep, wordless prayer. Because that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to come to that place where our hearts ache. 
And you know, it's striking to me. It's, it's interesting to me to, to, to pay attention to, to the way the Bible describes God. And verse 27, Paul says, you've got God, and God is the one who searches the heart. <laughs> how, do you, how does it make you feel to know God searches your heart? <laughs> like some days that could be better than others. Uh, some days there may be things in our hearts we'd rather God not go looking for, but you know. Look at how Paul sets this up. He says, God who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints, the people of God, according to the will of God. So here's God, and He goes looking in the hearts of His people. Paul says, what does He find there? He finds His own Spirit. Like That's what I want God to find in my heart. <laughs> I want God, when He comes looking at Matt O'Reilly's heart, to say, I've found my Spirit praying my will. My spirit who dwells within you. That's where we want to live, brothers and sisters. That's what Christian life looks like. Cultivating this life in the spirit. Holy Spirit, this would, you know, am I getting up in the morning? Throughout the day, Spirit of God, I want you to be present and found in my heart and mind and soul and life. So if the day is filled with joy, we'll celebrate that. And if the time comes where we need to groan, we'll do it. And we'll trust you to be there. For Paul, this project is going somewhere. Said he kind of holds this personal dimension and this kind of global cosmic dimension together. He talks about our groaning. But he also talks about all of creation groaning. World and bondage to decay, and we see that. Just watch the news and you see bondage to decay. Nations raging. Addictions. Violence. We see every day bondage to decay. And Paul says, in the midst of that, Spirit dwells in you so that you can show the world what hope looks like. Because a world in bondage to decay really needs to see what hope looks like. Verse 23, not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Right, The Spirit is present in His people, in the people of God. We groan inwardly, and our posture is one of waiting. We groan in prayer, sympathizing and empathizing with the pain of the world, experiencing that, identifying with it, and doing ministry in that place, while we wait in hope for our adoption. And Paul says, if you want to know clearly what I mean by that, I mean the redemption of our bodies. So when Jesus comes back, He's going to take the dead bodies of believers, His people, and raise them from the dead. And that's what we're waiting for. And that is going to be a model for all creation. When the people of God get raised from the dead, incorruptible, immortal, unable to die, unable to sin, unable to be sick. Uh, the other day, the uh, contact lens people called me and said, hey, it's time for a checkup. <laughs> I can't see if I don't have lenses on my eyes. And I look forward to the day where I don't need 
when I have new eyes <laughs> in the new creation. So I can see the Milky Way without having to put some lenses and see things more clearly. And all of those things will be restored. Brokenness and sickness and all of those things will be healed. Not We don't escape from the world. The world gets healed. That's the vision here. And when the church prays in the Spirit and, and meets the places where the world is broken and where there's pain and where there's injustice and where there's sorrow, right? Because Jesus right, doesn't run from those things. Paul says the Spirit that dwells in you is the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead earlier in Romans 8, right? The, the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead presupposes His crucifixion. Right? God is not one who sits back as a detached observer and says, hey, you know, really stinks for you. That looks really painful. Shouldn't have made that decision. No, God is the one who shows up in Jesus and takes up a cross and allows Himself to suffer because we messed up. The perfect one suffers for us. And then the Spirit raises Him from the dead. Begins the work of healing. And then that same Spirit moves into our bodies and continues the work of healing. And sometimes it, it may not feel like a lot of progress is being made. But the Spirit is there to pray in the places of, those, of that pain. Mine and yours and the world's. And Paul says that is a, it's, a, it's a glimpse. It may only be a glimpse of the hope and the healing and the restoration. Right? If you can see it, it's not about hope. Hope that is seen, he says, it's not hope. <laughs> We're still waiting for this universal redemption, aren't we? <laughs> when we grieve the loss of a parent, we're still waiting for the universal redemption. But the presence of the Spirit the ministry of the church says to the world, new creation is coming. New creation is coming. The God who created the galaxies and formed them dwells in His people, making them new and bringing them to the places where the world is broken to make it new. What an incredible vocation we have absolutely incredible vocation. To go find places that need healing and bring the presence of the Spirit in our bodies to bear on those places. So the invitation is to keep your eyes open. And I think if we keep our eyes open, we'll find we don't have to look very far. Just to see what happened, I googled place of pain or people in pain. One of the first things that popped up was the op opioid crisis. People addicted to prescription drugs. Dealing with severe chronic pain. 
And that addiction, as I said, often leads to suicide. And the rates of suicide in the last few years in the United States are on the rise, especially among men. There are a lot of people out there groaning in pain. The invitation is to keep our eyes open. People are more connected than ever. And people feel more isolated than ever. Am I paying attention to my neighbor who maybe is somewhat isolated from the rest of the world? Am I paying attention to my coworkers? I have to go back to the pill bottle far too often. Am I paying attention to my family members who put on a smile when we get together, but I sense there's probably some things going on there that hurt pretty badly. Can we bring the presence of the Spirit to those places? Acknowledging our weakness? And trusting in His hope? We keep our eyes open? You've been listening to SermonCast, the online preaching ministry of Hope Hole United Methodist Church. If you enjoyed this message, consider sharing it with a few friends. Remember to visit us at hopeholeumc.org sermons and subscribe to get notified when new content is posted. Thanks for listening.